Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Kings Cast with Eric and Ryan. This is your weekly Sacramento Kings podcast for Kings fans by Kings fans. As always, this episode is brought to you by Ziggy's Smoke Shop. You can follow Ziggy's on Instagram at ziggy's.stockton. They have locations in Stockton and Tracy. We are coming off of a really fun episode last week, episode 132, where Ryan and I came on and talked about all the fun topics out there in Kingsland. As the Kings approach a pivotal point of the season and the trade deadline, which is always exciting, you can find that episode or any of our other episodes streaming on the Believe Podcast Network or wherever you get your podcasts. Bringing in my co-host today, as always, Ryan. What's good? What's going on, everybody? What's tonight? Tuesday, Eric? Tuesday, January 17th. Man, we just got off of... Uh, you know, crazy, crazy wild card weekend in the NFL. Me and Eric have came on here multiple times and we've told you guys we are huge football fans, probably bigger football fans than we are basketball fans. Um, you know, of course, I'm a Niners fan. Niners got it done. Eric's a Tampa Bay fan. Unfortunately, they went down to the shittiest uh, fan base in all of, uh, in my opinion, all of sports. I fucking hate Cowboys fans. Uh, shout out, say, hey, Rob. But uh <laughs> You know, good week in a football, man. Um, I honestly thought Sacramento played tonight. I was really excited. I, you know, I, I told you guys last episode, I'm still in Albuquerque, New Mexico, hanging out for work. But uh, I got off work today and I was like, fuck, man, let me let me check what time the Kings play. Motherfuckers don't even play today. They play tomorrow, right, Eric, against the Lakers in L.A. Uh, with a chance to be 25 and 18. Holy shit, man. That is. uh. You know, even for me and Eric, who were optimistic coming into the season, that's something that, you know, I didn't expect this early. I mean, 25 and 18, that's legit. You know, you, they've kind of cemented themselves uh, in that four seed, kind of in the middle of the pack um, for uh, the Western Conference. So uh, really exciting, man. I'm, you know, I, I've been having a good time, you know. Season's going really well, and one way I can gauge that is, you know, as a season ticket holder, my season tickets have been selling hella fucking fast. You know what I mean? Like I got tickets sold two weeks out, you know, because I'm working out out of town. So, uh, couldn't ask for a better uh, start to the season up to this point as we're going into that All Star break. Well, as much as you got ahead of yourself for the game tomorrow, you got ahead of yourself in the standings. The Kings are twenty four and eighteen, not twenty five and eighteen. Well, with but... a chance to be twenty five and eighteen okay. tomorrow. Yes, sure. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. So coming, yeah, coming off um, the football for sure. This past weekend was great, except for the yesterday when the Bucks played a lot of other games. But the if you don't know, you know, I am a big Buccaneers fan and definitely disappointed. You know what I said to my wife last night? This is the first time I've ever been able to say this, Ryan. The term of wife last night as the Bucks are getting beat. Tom Brady's running off the field. A little tear went down my eye, and I oh, said, to her, <laughs> "Well, you know, Tom Brady's my my hero." Uh, 
uh, but uh, for another time, I guess. But I, I turn to I turn to my wife and I tell her, I go, well, you know, the Kings are fucking good this season, so I have the Kings to look forward to, which is nice. <laughs> you know, I never had I've never been able to say that. Yeah, at one point the the Bucks were, were as I said, Tom Brady's my hero because uh, the Buccaneers didn't make the playoffs the 2010s, the entire decade. They were the only team not to do that, and 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 just as in the pits just as much as the Kings were. So for a lot, for a lot of years and also, you know, big Texas Longhorns fans as well. So 2010s were not kind when it came to sports uh, for, for me, Ryan, particularly uh, and having my two favorite teams in basketball and football, just be, be uh, among the worst. And uh, the last recent years, the bucks haven't been that. And then um, now the Kings, like you said, we're optimistic going into the year, but even probably exceeded our optimism. But I, I, I want to talk about that as we get into the episode, um, just because the standings, you know, they're they're not they're not what I thought they would be. But before we get into that, Ryan, I do have the bet online read. It's playoff time. I bet a, a bunch this weekend. Had a great wild card weekend. It was it was great to me. Um, hope you guys out there betting did. Um, so if you're looking to bet, you can get on to Bet Online. Bet Online remains your number one source for all of your sports betting this season. Everything from NFL playoffs to pro and college basketball, UFC, MMA, and more. You'll always find the latest odds, team matchup info, player news, and game trends at Bet Online with live betting options, free contests, and live scores for almost any sport or game imaginable. Bet Online is truly the fastest and easiest way. To bet all of your favorite leagues and events, head to the website today and you or use your mobile device to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make sure to use the promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. BetOnline.ag, where the game starts. Okay. Yeah, Wild Card Weekend was great to me on the on the betting side, right? I want to, okay, a lot to talk about. I want to go in the standings, but I have a good player for you this week. Um, and and for those of you who uh, are new to the show or just checking us out, we do this to break in the, every episode where I give Ryan a random player from my childhood. Based on the bio, he has to guess him. Ryan got it again last week. Who was last week's player, Ryan? Do you recall? Mm. Avery Johnson. Was Avery Johnson? It, it was. Good. You remember better than I do. Yeah, well, that was a good one. So this this one, um, let's see if this one gets you, Ryan. He's a Serbian, uh, so that should help. Maybe a six foot seven, 224 pounds, second round pick in the year 2000, 30th overall by the Clippers. Didn't have a long career. He was a shooting guard. Here are his teams, Ryan. 02 to 05, he played for the Clippers. 05 to 08, the Timberwolves. 08 to 09, short with the Grizzlies. Uh, pretty much not much outside of that. It's going to be a tough one. I wanted to give you a tough one this time oh, because. shit. I always remember him too because he dated uh, Adriana Lima, supermodel. <laughs> She's hot as hell. He dated her for a minute. So he's, that's probably what, almost what he's most popular for. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. There's right, not much outside. Right, you of that. said that you said that really fast. Go over, go over the teams real quick again. O two to 05 of the Clippers. O five to 08, Timberwolves, and then O eight to O nine is the Grizzlies. You're gonna remember most from the from from the from the Clippers shooting guard. For some reason, I want to say Marco Yarick. <sighs> yeah, uh, let's go. Let's go, Marco Yarick, man. Marco Yarick, that's a good one, dude. You're not Googling over there, right? You could let you, you, know, you would cheat no, that no, way, no, right? No. Okay. No, the reason. All right. So I, it was Marco Yarick or bust. So, and I, I, I usually try to come on here and tell you guys how I remembered who this was. Or so me and Eric have came on here and we've said multiple times that, um, you know, we played NBA live as kids. NBA live 2004 
if you go back and go back and look at this this game, Marco Yarick was listed as the point guard for those Clippers teams. It was Marco Yarick, it was Corey Maggette, it was Lamar Odom, Elton Brand, and Chris Kamen. I want to say was the starting five for that team. Uh, for some reason, I just that's where my mind goes. So when I when I think of these players, that's where my mind goes. Like, damn, what's that old video game that me and Eric used to play nonstop? Who was the guy? Um, but it was Marco Yarker, and I had nobody after that. That's the only reason I didn't even know he was Serbian, to be honest with you. So, yeah. A lot of uh, random players on there that would have been worthy of it. Keon Dooling, uh, Wang Zizi. That's a, always Ooh, a good Wang one. Wang Zizi. played for the Lakers. Wang, yeah, Wang Zizi. Uh, you're right, and Corey McGetty. Andre yep. Miller was on that team as well. Okay, yeah. But, yeah, okay. Yeah, I think so. I remember that. Kind of a random shitty team, those Clippers back in the day. Was that uh, was was Darius Miles on there yet, or was that too? Uh, a year I think too Darius, early for Darius Darius Miles. Miles was on the Cavs then. I think at that okay, point, it might have been a year too early for Darius Miles. So yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, enough of the fucking two thousands Clippers. Good, good get there. Um, yet again, you you take it down. So <clears throat> let's go straight into the Kings talk. Um, yeah, just to re- just to recap, we did record last week, and I'm trying to remember Ryan where the game was. I think we were, I can't I can't remember exactly who they were going to play when we recorded. Do you? Um, shit, what day was it? Yeah, I can't. It was somebody shitty. It wasn't Houston, was it? No, they played it, San Antonio. It, the it night was it last. was going into that Houston series. I looked at it. It was the night that they played the Magic. That that's what we we, re- okay. we recorded. Yeah. So. Um, so yeah, magic rockets, rockets, spurs, Kings haven't lost since then. So, uh, that's always a good thing to put together these streaks. We had talked about this stretch of the season and particularly this stretch That's why I wanted to break in the episode Kings talk with this right here. Cause we had really talked about pretty much from like January 3rd all the way through the next, which was going to be two to three games here because there were a lot of what we thought were winnable games right uh when you play them the rockets the magic spurs you know the lakers the jazz a lot of winnable games teams that should be below you uh, and when we had looked at it a couple weeks ago we said this is really a stretch where the kings are going to need to take advantage of they're going to need to win these games separate themselves in the standings kind of solidify themselves in the standings and build a little bit of a base there so that this next little bit of a run coming into the all-star break and thereafter they have a buffer and so it is good to see the kings to do that the one disappointing one was the lakers game which was kind of a you know bullshit game if i remember it's been about a week and a half or so since that game kind of some weird stuff happened in that game you like to win that one can't win them all but you know they win four straight they're quote-unquote taking care of business a lot of past years ryan when when people would say well you got to win the games that you're supposed to win we were always kind of like well when you're kind of a bad team do those games really exist (laughs) right so this year i feel like you can actually say that and then we actually do it that kind of solidifies the king's position on where they're at in the tier of the nba particularly western conference and right now the fourth seat so what do you think about the the recent run some blowouts uh, a lot of high scoring, but in the 130s, a lot of these games. Yeah, so Sacramento's on a crazy streak right now. Um, and I can't remember off the top of my head, but I remember reading it today on my lunch break on Twitter. Uh, games scored over 130 points. Uh, but the the most refreshing thing about these these last you know week and a half since that Lakers game is 
and, and you touched on it, beating the teams you're supposed to beat, right? Um, when you're a good team, you do that consistently. Now, obviously, there are some flukes, right? It is the NBA. Anybody could beat anybody on any given night. Uh, but when you're consistently winning against, you know, a back-to-back against the Rockets like they had, beating the Magic, uh, beating San Antonio in San Antonio pretty handily by double digits, that says something, right? These games aren't even close. They've really came out the last few, you know, last few games and blown teams out of the water, you know, um, and I haven't watched a full game in, in about a week and a half because of work and, and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, the first thing I do when I wake up in the morning in the hotel room is like, all right, what happened last night with Sacramento and double digit victories. That's something you have to have as a, um, a team that's emerging in the West, a team that has hopes of being a five seed or higher, which I think they, they definitely can do obviously by their, their current standing in their current standings in the Western conference. But it's really encouraging, man. I think the days of them consistently losing to, you know, going two and two against the bottom of the of the NBA are are behind us. I think they've they figured out how to beat those teams. They're starting to take that next step. And uh, let's be real, man. Anytime they come into uh, one of those games, they have the two best players always. You know, when you're playing against those bottom feeders of the NBA, you're rolling in with. I really believe two all-stars and De'Aaron Fox and Sabonis. And that's, that says something, you know, in years past teams like the Spurs, they've had DeJounte Murray, you know, and he was probably, you know, one a or two best player in, in the, in the matchup. But Sacramento is consistently rolling into these bottom feeder games with the two best players on the court. And uh, it's encouraging. I'm happy. And uh, I'm glad you actually brought that up because, you know, when I was looking through the standings and schedule and stuff today, that was something that really stuck out to me of taking care of business against the bottom feeders. Taking a look at what the Kings have been doing in the wins, a lot of attention has been put on the Kings because they're right there as the best offense in the NBA. I, I, it changes obviously day by day. I've heard that they are. I was just watching something this today, uh, breaking it down, like, you know, Basically, there's 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 like three team tie up there with like Boston the Kings and somebody else I forget exactly who but best best offense in the NBA um right now and putting up 130 plus which is just that's a lot they're, and they're shooting a lot of threes they're doing against bad teams but they are doing it in push I think that's the thing about the Kings is I don't know if we've talked about it here on the podcast I know I've talked about it when I have conversations is that's what makes the the Kings uh kind of difficult uh, over the years when the Kings were the last couple of years, Ryan, we'd come on here. I, I always had a thing I'd say, right? Where when everyone's zigging, you got a zag or whatever the fuck I was saying, something like that. But the point I was trying to make was like that you kind of have to, if you try to play exactly like everybody else, you're just going to be a worse version of everybody else. And so when you do something a little bit different and add an extra element that it, it makes you kind of stand out. And that's what the Kings have done and what they can do with their, their pace, their scoring, their three point shooting, but they also have a, a big guy who is extremely dominant on the boards and inside. Uh, it's, it's a tough, it's tough. And that's why I think that they match up well against even some of the top teams, like particularly like we feel that they top, they match up really well against like Denver, which they have over the last couple of years. Um, they always have matched up well, seems like, with the Mavericks. That's another team in there because 
just whatever reasons. And so when you can push that pace at certain times, it allows it allows for blowouts, I think, against lower teams, like you're saying, but it allows you to kind of get out there and win against teams that are um even maybe considered above you. I think the Kings at this point seem to have struggled. You've talked about a lot of when it comes to the uh, the 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 long athletic teams, the Clippers, uh teams like that. The Clippers the 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 Bucks obviously not the Western Conference the Bucks are just like, yeah the Hornets um they haven't fared well too well I mean I know they beat the Grizzlies but the Grizzlies are kind of tough too but you know so some of these other teams are uh you know the tough matchups but it benefits them in other ways and so I think that's what's ha- that's what's happened that's particularly against the the lower tier teams the one thing that I've been doing um maybe you have as well Ryan is the is this the bonus rebounds on the over? If you're looking to, to get into some betting, you, some of these nights where you know the team isn't as big as or physical, uh, the re, the rebounds I'm noticing are, are set at 13 and a half a lot, 13 and a half to 14, which um, is tough. I think it's tough for for Vegas to set that number, Ryan, because when you start putting a guy's over under at 15 plus, you know, 16, it's like. Of course, you might get crushed on that under, but he's his rebounds have been a tough one to set. I don't know if you've noticed that, but that's been a good bet that I've been putting in lately. Um, I've, return- I've stayed away. I've stayed away from the rebounds. I haven't bet Sabonis's rebounds in a long time because of the current streak he's on. Like you said, 13 and a half. That's a fucking hard number, man. You know, like in, in uh, we're starting to get spoiled and accustomed to, you know, the what is it? 20 games in a row. He's been on a double double. And we've seen him have a couple 2020 games. We've seen him for sure have 20 and 17, 2016. We're getting spoiled and we're getting accustomed to him doing that. But as a better, and if you guys are looking to get into betting or doing that kind of stuff, is you no matter how much you love the team or you how much you love the player, you have to look at it realistically. And realistically, I have a hard time night in and night out betting somebody's rebounds at over at 13 and a half. But the caveat to that is. I watch a lot of Sacramento Kings basketball, most Sacramento Kings basketball. And I know this guy is capable of doing that. So it just pushes me away. And it's a hard number to bet. And I've really stayed away. And it's crazy because last year, me and Eric's number one bet. And if you guys listen to us often or listen to us in previous years, a big bet for us has been betting the opposite team's centers over and rebound. So um, it's crazy that my betting has kind of changed over the last year. Um, but you know, yeah, that, that that's a good point, man. That 13 and a half number is ridiculous. It's a weird, they said it, you know, and some nights I do take it. Like, I'm not telling you to take it every night because it's not going to hit. It's going to go under a lot. Uh, but because I, I, as you were talking, I was looking at the box scores from recent games. He, uh, there was an 11 game, a 10 game, a 12 game. You know, there are a lot of those, but then there's the 18 game. Then there's the 14 game. So it's up or down. You got to pick your, pick, pick your, uh, you know, pick your poison. I just say, look at that number though. If that thing slips under, you know, 11, you got to take it as out of principle, uh, but it hasn't been. And so that's kind of one thing too, is when I, I don't always make, that's something uh, the last year or two, the, as we've increased our betting, I have really used the Vegas numbers to kind of gauge guys production. I don't know if you do that. That's something I've been I've been doing. I don't always go in there and do the props. I don't always place the bets, but I look at the numbers, particularly for the Kings every night. I see where where the numbers are set at and and I try to uh sometimes watch the game through that lens if that makes sense. Do you do anything like that? 
A little bit, a little bit. Yeah. I, uh, for me, when it comes to, when it comes to betting and I'm looking, if I'm betting on guys, you know, if I'm doing props, game props for players, um, yeah, you want to look at what Vegas has been setting their lines at. But for me, I, I bet a lot on kind of feeling and matchups, right? Like it, you know, if the Kings are going to play Minnesota and, you know, minute and Vegas has their, you know, Sabonis's rebound still set at 13 and a half. Um, I kind of stray away from stuff that, so I look at matchups. I, I don't really rely on, um, you know, what Vegas has been adjusting, if that makes sense. So it's a lot of, for me, it's a lot of feeling. And then what I'll do as well is I'll go back and look, right. I'll go back and look at, all right, shit. They played this team two weeks ago. Right. What, you know, for example, rebounds, what did Sabonis do? How did he fare? How did he do on the offensive glass? That's the kind of stuff that I do um, to look at their production. Well, that's that's kind of what I mean. I don't always place the bet, but it, it just helps me sometimes gauge like it's just gauge production, I guess, in a weird thing, just because I spend so much you spend so much time on there. And you're right. Like I look back at and like I, I was looking ahead for tomorrow Lakers. I went back and I noticed that, you know, Sabonis's rebounding numbers were lower that game and it's just it, it's a real fickle situation. It's not consistent. Um, one of the guys who's been really random on betting though has been Malik Monk. I want to talk about Malik Monk for a little bit. Um, so his because he's not a consistent scorer, you can get his number really low sometimes 12, 12 points plus or thirteen points plus some stuff like that sometimes. Um, you know what's interesting, Ryan, is that anytime Malik Monk has a good game, the Kings seem to to win. You notice that? I I do notice that. And you've brought that up. You've brought that up a, a couple times. Um, I mean, let's be real though. Anytime a bench player goes off for thirty or twenty five, and your bench scoring's up, it makes sense that you're you're probably going to win that game. Uh, but I I do understand what you're saying. Yes, you get what I'm saying. It's just the the production. Yeah, it's just um, the production. Yeah. And another guy, which is interesting, uh, we've kind of brought him up the last couple podcasts is. I said last week, Terrence, how random of a player Terrence Davis is. And I think we had a conversation about Terrence Davis, about how the way the roster is built, sometimes it just doesn't work out. Like It's just weird. The guy gets in the other day again, starts. He comes in and starts the other day, tears it up scoring-wise, and uh, but then it will go back into DNPs. It just, it just reinforces the guy's got talent. He's probably going to get traded or something. I, I don't know. It's a weird player. He, he's a weird player, and I think we've came on here and talked about how you know, age wise too, he's only 24. So like you would think for a team like Sacramento, where he kind of meets that age timeline, he's in the, you know, relatively same age bracket as the other players. But uh, I believe he started two games, if I'm not mistaken, right, Eric? I think the first game, I think the first game he had two fucking points. And then it's like random dude comes back out 17, two nights later, or maybe it was the next night. Maybe it was the Rockets. I, I don't remember at the top of my head, but uh he's one of those players as well that it's like, holy shit, what do you do with that guy? Right. Uh, but it's also to the part, to the point where he has games like that or will come in in spurts and scores in bunches. Uh, but then, like you said, the DNPs, man, it's really puzzling how the guy doesn't get consistent. You know, at, at the end of the day, I, I think consistently that I would see that guy getting 10 to 12 minutes a game, you know, maybe more depending on, you know, like Herder was out and he had a step in the starting lineup, but it's really puzzling how that guy gets DNPs, man. It's that, weird. I, and that's I don't what I'm saying. It's just, it. yeah. 
it usually doesn't work out this way. And like I said, not bad or good. I think I understand what's happened. I'll understand if he's gone at the uh, after the deadline. If he's gone after the deadline, I'll understand. If he's not gone after the deadline, I don't know. I think that it's just crowded. And we've talked about it in here. We could talk about it again. It's just a crowded situation with the Kings have going on. Um, I, I, I will trust what people are saying about Davion Mitchell and his impact on the on the advanced statistics when it comes to defensive rating. I've heard it from a lot of credible people that I follow. Uh, so I'll trust them. And people say how much, how impactful he's been on defensive rating. And you can kind of see that as well. So you have him in the mix now, which I think early in the season, David Mitchell of all players kind of struggled. He was one guy who kind of struggled. So lately has not. Uh, and then you have Monk. And then you have Herder, then you have Fox, and, and then you have Terrence Day. So it's like the minutes aren't really there to go around. And so if it's crowded, you got to move on. You got to balance your assets, I guess. It's just, uh, it is what it is. It's, but it's nice, I guess, to have a guy that deep that that does produce. But it's interesting. It's just really interesting when 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 Herder goes out for those couple games. What happens? They, oh, Terrence Davis, you're going to start. <laughs> but the other games, we're not going to play you. I've just never really seen something like this. I can't. I'm trying to think back. I've never seen something like this where a guy literally doesn't play. Sometimes <laughs> I'm not mad. I'm just. It's just weird. It's a weird situation to me. I, and yeah, I, and I, I guess I, I don't I think they're a good view. I think what's puzzling about this too is Terrence Davis, a very good player. Terrence Davis is not. You know, I'm not trying to throw shade, but he's not Matthew Delvadova, right? Like he's not a guy like that. Um, He's not a bottom of the bench or bottom of the team guy. I, I really believe that Terrence Davis is one of those guys that he could go to any team in the NBA and he'd have a role. He'd get playing time. So it's really weird. You understand it, right? When you have a guy like Malik Monk, who uh, you know, who I think is, you know, should be in the conversation for six men of the year. Um, and then you have a guy like Davion Mitchell who plays a lot of defense and he's really that that backup primary ball handler and he affects the game in so different ways. I can understand it, but still I I don't really agree with it, man. I, you know, I, I, I don't, but it's just a weird situation. I mean, like I said, that guy can go on any team in the NBA and he would have uh, some type of role on the team. Yeah. Just a weird player. So to move on, I was, uh, I spent a lot of time on YouTube um, one of my ha- hobbies is I play Madden and I and I watch a lot of YouTube. And I was playing Madden today and watching YouTube and I I uh I watched it JJ Reddick's podcast, a segment they did on the Kings. And I I clicked on it initially. I don't typically listen to that, but I clicked on it because um JJ Reddick was shitting he he publicly shit on the Kings the last year. So it's coming up I mean because it's coming up on trade deadline. And there's two things that came out this week. Last year's trade deadline when the Kings traded Halliburton for Sabonis. You can see where that's taken the Kings now. And J.J. Reddick shit on the Kings when that happened. Totally, publicly shit on them. ESPN. And the other one was Marcus Spears. Marcus Spears went on and actually applauded it and a lot of people shit on Marcus Spears. So that's been the big two trending things about the trade last year. But I watched it because J.J. Reddick kind of gave props to the Kings and gave the Kings some credit as to what they're doing. Um, and something we talked about a lot, Ryan, which is obvious, I guess, but I'll bring it up is that, uh, one of his, his big points were, were that the Kings 
back to their offense, just the shooting that the, the shooting with Monk and Herter and uh, with Fox, Fox is scoring and what they're doing. Sabonis, the, and, and the, the national recognition, you know what they're saying about Sabonis that he said it on here. He said, Sabonis is the Jokic light. And that's what we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks, man. It's I, I brought up how I, I had came across that video about a month ago about how the Kings had used uh, offensive principles from the Warriors and then then the Nuggets to uh, I guess get to utilize Sabonis the, the the way that he's been utilized and, and elevate him to the lowest elevated. And people are now talking about Sabonis to be in the MVP conversation, which. I, I think honestly, if the Kings are, are top three in in the wet in the Western Conference, legitimately he could. They'd have to really be top three, but just to get that recognition from JJ Redick, to get it in the conversation now, uh, some of the stuff that we kind of were hoping for when that trade went down, and then to see it come to light now is great to see. And another thing today was that the Kings, uh, well, actually Fox and Sabonis were on ESPN. So finally, all the people talk about national recognition, how we don't get none. They're finally getting a little bit of it in a good way. Yeah. All right. So, yeah, you said you said a lot there. Um, one thing I do want to talk about the the Sabonis MVP thing. Let's put this into perspective, right? I I know what you're trying to say about them. You know, if they get in the three seed, you could see him. You could see him possibly, you know, getting that. I don't. I I don't see that. I think as it stands right now, right? Guys would have to get hurt. And guys would, guys' teams would have to completely nosedive, all right? So like Jokic. Jokic's team would have to completely nosedive and or he would have to get hurt for a guy like Sabonis to jump him. I, I just think, you know, I, I think Jokic just kind of separated himself um, a lot from the rest of the pack. But uh, it's crazy. When was the last time Sacramento had an MV, M, MVP candidate um this late Peja? in the season right probably Peja, Peja, that one Peja, season. That, was that oh five or something that Peja was like yeah. number four or five in the in the voting and stuff but, uh, well i guess i guess i'll say this too like i i guess i i was more common on pe- people are talking like that with it with that as i i i'm not betting supposed to win the mvp i, I get what you're and saying then, and then talking about you know the the national recognition by espn today uh yeah i mean i think it's a about a a month overdue, you know, the, the one thing that bugs me now I've heard people talk about it and it, you know, it bugs me as well, guys, you know, Sacramento not getting any national televised games, but let's, when, when I see that and, you know, I see people getting mad about that stuff. I try to put it in perspective. I try to think like, all right, well, at the end of the day, this team has fucking sucked since I was in like sixth grade. Okay. I'm a 30 year old man now. Okay. Uh, I don't blame the NBA for that, right? Like I don't, I don't see, I, I, I don't blame them. You know, next year I really expect Sacramento to get even more national media attention with them making the playoffs. Um, so yeah, they'll have more nationally televised games next year. But it was cool, man. I, I logged on today on my lunch break and I was scrolling through and I saw Sabonis and Fox with Jalen Rose and you know our guy. Shout out Matt Barnes. Uh, who holds it down for Sacramento? I, I saw that today on ESPN, and that was that was cool, man. I can't even tell you the last time uh, I've seen anything like that, even close like that from Sacramento. The I, I can yeah, I kind of gave up a long time ago looking for like uh, looking for outside validation. I think that 
over the last couple of years, people just are so quick to, it, it was so easy to pile on the Kings and just be like, yeah, they're shit, they're shit. And, and it was kind of right so that people automatically dismiss the Kings. And so when the Kings have done things that I would consider smart or fa- like I would favor and people dismiss them, I never really looked to outside people for validation. Okay. So that's really where like last year with that trade, I'm like, I don't really care what people outside are saying because all their, their, you know, when that trade went down and, and when people talked about Tyrese Halliburton, a lot of uh, the talk was made about his, the advanced statistics of Tyrese Halliburton, like, right. His three point uh, percentage efficiencies, his, his uh, pick and roll numbers and whatever other numbers and stuff. Right. A lot of it was advanced statistics stuff. Um, and I, I, I know that people weren't watching the Kings games. That's one theory I've had that has kind of been I was okay I saw an interview this last week Ryan with Austin Rivers I don't know where it was on but Austin Rivers goes on yeah this is a random interview with Austin Rivers and he was talking about like today's uh NBA culture and they were talking about like fan voting and, and a lot of stuff but one of the things I took out of it was that how kids particularly f- young people fans who whoever they consume a lot of the NBA through YouTube and I do as well. Like there's not enough, there is not enough time to, to watch every game. Like there's games going on constantly. So for me, I, I like when I see a good matchup, I go to the YouTube highlight package, watch the 12 minute uh, condensed film and just watch it just to see what happened and put down the box score. The thing, the difference though is like, I, I've been watching basketball since I was a kid where you didn't have that. So I kind of look at through a different lens, but there are a lot of people in today's fan NBA and a lot of people who cover the team or it's not cover the team, but rather cover the NBA, that that's how they watch the Kings. So it's all through highlight packages. So when you see Halliburton not miss, you shit on the Kings. And I guess the point is it's easy. And so uh, at the end of the day now, when the Kings are kind of ascending and they're doing a lot of good things, I'm not really looking to those outside people to get all hyped on their praise. I do think it's cool that they're, it's finally happening because I think that's what's needed for Fox to really get the recognition. That's what I care about. Uh, but you know, it, it's kind of one of the it's the the, the relationship with the with the, the media and the coverage. I don't really care as much what they what their opinion is. I guess Do you. No, I I just for me, I want our guys to be all stars, right? Like I, you know, I, I watch the team, I follow the team. I I guess you can say I kind of quote unquote cover the team if you want to call it that. Not really, but <laughs> I don't you know say I mean? that. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. But like, obviously, we do a Kings podcast. Like to some extent, we're you know, we're following more than the average person. Uh, I do want those guys to be all-stars, right? Like that's, that is part of it. You know, as you were talking right there though, I started realizing how fucking spoiled are we getting already? Right? Like guys, let's not forget six months ago, man, the Sacramento Kings were the armpit of the NBA. Right. So like entitled, I'm I'm, yeah. Entitled. And I'm already, I'm getting here and I'm thinking, I'm like, fuck man. If you'd asked me six months ago if I gave a shit if Sabonis and Fox were all stars to give it up for that fourth seed, I'd have told you, yeah, fuck off. Like I'll take the fucking fourth seed, no problem. And now we're here, and I'm sitting here trying to advocate for national recognition and for Fox and Sabonis to be the four seed. So again, this is what I was telling you guys. I try to put things into perspective and I try to bring myself back to that center. But uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah, fuck, you know, I, I want my guys to be all stars, but yeah, I, it's this constant battle with Sacramento, trying to bring yourself back to center and trying not to get too far ahead of ourselves and trying not to look too far in the future because you burn, you've been burned so many times by this team. But uh, man, it's funny how 
quickly we just shift over and we become spoiled fucking fans. Oh, it's true. It, it is. It's a really good take. Uh, it's something I'm, I meant to bring into the podcast. I really wanted to make it a point to say this, though. As much as the Kings are doing well and as great as they're doing in the standings, they're not they're They are a, a twisted ankle and a bad two weeks away from from falling down, though. And that's totally true. And and I did. I kind of started off early in the podcast going this direction and I didn't get there. So I'm going to bring it back in that, um, you know, Kings are the fourth seed. Right. They are. They are. But it's it's still a long season. And I'm looking at it. It's the they're the fourth seed at 24 wins. The eighth seed has 23 wins. Obviously, different amount of games played. Let's just look at the win total for the sake of it. Um, even even teams all the way down to 12, which is the Suns, 21 wins. 13, the Lakers, 20 wins. So it's like, it's it's still splitting hairs. It's still splitting hairs. And so, like, that, like, great, you did it for half a season. You know, whoop-de-fucking-do kind of deal. Because right now, teams are still gonna make there haven't there hasn't been a trade yet right correct me if i'm wrong i haven't seen an nba trade yet well there there's probably a trade that we're not thinking of there hasn't been a significant um you know altering nba altering yeah there hasn't there hasn't been there haven't been trades and and you know you know that there are teams that are going to make trades uh the warriors are going to make trades for sure i think draymond that's one that's one with his player option that is one um uh, and he even made a comment, a quote the other day, Ryan. He was saying like, "Oh, it's coming to an end." I don't know if he saw that, I, I think that's possible. Uh, uh, I don't know. I, the teams at the top. I, I'm trying, trying to look at the Mavericks are always up there. Who knows? You know, the the Trailblazers. The, the teams are still going to make Min- trades. Minnesota, Minnesota. I've I've been hearing D'Angelo Russell rumors mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So yeah, that's a good one. So it hasn't happened yet. It, it, yeah, but the entitlement. It, you know, back to since it's on on theme with episode. You know, the Bucks did make the playoffs for years and years and years, right? And then last night they're getting their ass kicked after the game. You have a lot of local, just as much as like local Kings riders, they're like local Bucks riders that I follow. And they're like, man, I'd rather not even been in the playoffs if it was going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You just went 10 years, no playoffs. Yeah, and all yeah, of a sudden, easy. you know, all of a sudden you're, you're like too good. It's like, chill out, you know, enjoy the ride, get there, you know, separate themselves. Don't get fucking hurt. And hopefully the Kings, you know, they 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 take care of business and keep us here. It's it's difficult. It would be such a letdown if the Kings really uh, went backwards because so many people. I, I I feel it though. This is the closest. The it's like tangible, like the beam. You know what I mean? People are hyped. We have Kingsland. I see people on Kingsland. Uh, shout out, dude, Patrick. Uh, I forget Patrick's last name. It's like Kirk something. Patrick K Yo, something. Yeah, he's he's on here. He's on there posting. All my playoff stuff, like daily p- old playoff posts. Everyone's super hyped. They want it so bad. Like, they want it so bad. Um, and would be such a letdown if it happened. So, can you can you imagine the morale? Oh, oh God, dude. Oh, yeah. Oh, I don't even want to think that, about that. I, I know. I, I know. But that I, I'm, I'm not trying to put that juju out into Kingsland right now with the, with the talk. But it's kind of like what you're saying. You have to slow down. Don't be entitled. Just, like, know that it's it's still a long journey. Yeah. You know, even, even when I'm already hearing some stuff like when we're in the playoffs, right? Well, when the Kings get in the playoffs to, they're going to have to do this, you know, defensively in a series. Cause minutes are going to tighten. I'm like, Ooh, come on. Can we just, can we just get to the playoffs first, please? Can we just get there? It's, it's like, 
I, I hope I hope is something weird fucking doesn't happen. <laughs> so um I don't know, man. I uh the Lakers one's gonna be good. Like the couple of games coming up though, we, we like to look at head to the schedule. Um the Kings the Kings have the Lakers, they're back at home on against the Thunder next Friday. Are you gonna go to that game? Uh twentieth? No, I, yeah. I I don't fly home until uh I don't land in Sacramento till like midnight on on Friday night, so I will not be there. And then the twenty first, uh, you know, got the birthday party, so I already sold those tickets. I won't be at the Memphis game. Um, well, that's not even in Sacramento, I don't think. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. is. It? Yeah, yeah, you go home stand. Sac, yeah. Uh, but they go on. No, they go on a long road trip, don't they? Raptors. Timberwolves, Timberwolves, yeah, they're they're going to be gone for a while. And then into February, I don't think they're back in yeah, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I think it's like a seven game road trip, if I'm not mistaken, coming up here pretty soon. They're not like back in town until they play the Mavs on February 10th. That one's going to lead the Kings up to the trade deadline. That road trip, um, that's one that to keep to just to keep our eyes on, man. That like we've been we've been doing that on our on these episodes is looking ahead to stretches of games. That one's. It's weird how the NBA is doing it where you have they have multiple back to backs against the same team. That's weird. Like they're playing or not back to backs, but double, you know, same games consecutively. Timberwolves twice. I like Rockets that. twice. Mavericks twice. You like that? Let's talk about that real quick. I like that because uh it shows like what kind of adjustments are gonna be made. Right? Like so when you play the same team in back to back nights or even with like a middle, you know, a night in between. Who's what? What team is going to make the adjustments? Right, it's a little more uh, playoff playoff format. Right, it, it's kind of foreshadowing. All right, cool. Maybe you know you lost this game by two. What are you going to do different a night from now that's going to get you a W? How are you going to improve? So I I really do like that. When they played the Nuggets a couple weeks ago, that was cool, man. Uh, it it was really cool to see how they adjust and can you can you get a game when you need a game at home. Right. Uh, even even when it's against a shitty team like the Rockets. And I was thinking about this the other night when, you know, I expected them to come out and beat them pretty handily like they did the first game. The second game, I'm like, all right. In the back of my head, it's all right. Don't let down just because you beat the shit out of this team. Can you keep the foot on the gas? Can you make the necessary adjustments uh, to clean up some things and replicate uh, that win? You know, 36 hours or whatever, 48 hours after you had done it. So. I really like that. I'm a big fan of that. It's more of the playoff uh, mindset going into a game, just how you're going to attack it strategically. That's a good take. It's just it is in, it's interesting, and I I don't know if it's advantage or disadvantage. I think it could be advantage against better teams. I think it sucks when you're on the road against maybe inferior teams potentially. I, who knows? I guess it evens out, but it happens a lot of times. A lot of times in the season where they're playing uh, multiple teams or the same team in a multiple game stretch and. <clears throat> that 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 one's gonna be that this stretch is really I'm kind of waiting, man. That's what I'm planning. I'm kind of waiting for the standings to start separating themselves. I really do think by by the trade deadline, which I think is the ninth. I think I've looked at that before, but by February 10th against the Mavericks, I'm thinking that the Western Conference is gonna be a little bit more uh, clear than it is. Um, and the good thing is the Kings have uh, I would consider lesser than teams or beatable teams. Um, in that run so we'll see how it goes so hey guys we appreciate you listening if you ever want to interact or be a part of the show you can always do so by tagging us you can find ryan and i on twitter and facebook at kingscast eric and at kingscast ryan um 
If you want to check out some of our past episodes, you can find those on the Believe Podcast Network, where the Sacramento Kings signature show to support the podcast. Please slide down after or uh, on Apple Podcast or slide up on Spotify and leave us a five-star review. It does help us reach more Kings fans just like you. So with that, for Ryan, this is Eric. Go Kings. Thanks. Spin your passion into a business of Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.